I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, at NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. We all know the drill. I'm in the studio with me, old buddy. Me old bad at my picture. right now. What's going on with you, buddy? What's going on? That was, uh, that was interesting. Far know, more right? aggressive than the usual high-pitched squeak of a lovable Irishman. I'm trying to mix it up. I'm trying to mix it up. Do you know what? The, the biggest reaction we got to me introducing you was when I went, me old buddy, me old pal, me old buddy! Something like that. And I'll start shouting on the mic. That's because everyone thinks you finally <laughs> lost it at that point. I think I have. But, I've been, look, I've been working so damn hard lately. I think I've lost my mind. <laughs> I'm crazy. Before, I'm before, right, so before we get on to the obvious here, I am going to reserve a little spot for me right now because Steve has been taking all of the sympathy and the love because of his oh. eternal bout of man flu. Oh, endless. But, What's going but on? There is, an, there is an injury concern as we go towards the UK Packers flag football game. Yeah, Jordy Nelson uh, rib injury might not be back. <laughs> what, what could you be talking about? This, this is just as big, okay? I have somehow managed to strain my cruciate ligament in my right knee. Ooh. And I'm also suffering from whiplash. <laughs> whiplash from from the same tackle? No, not really. Uh, basically, the knee I did uh, basically making my cut on a on a route, and the whiplash was from making this absolutely unbelievable catch. But then, <laughs> unfortunately, my sizable frame landing on the floor and whipping my head towards the floor uh, obviously took its toll. Oh, concussion, concussion protocol. Concussion so, protocol, did they uh, bring you to the sideline and give you a wet willy? Of course they didn't, of course they didn't. No. So hold on, so you were making a cut on a route, was there contact? Because they are, that's one of them, do you know what, there's loads of buzzwords in sport, we'd have to just do a show where we try adding all the buzzwords, like, oh you always have a chance when you've got 12, one of them is, is if you get an injury from a non-contact thing, you're fooked. Was it non-contact? yeah. yeah. It was non-contact, Ooh, so bad. it was a bit of a, a bit of a Jordy Nelson type thing. To be fair, the same impact on your team, no doubt. However, did you get the whiplash <laughs> after the uh, ACL tear right off the bone? No, no. This was literally right at the start, just just doing warm-ups and um, Jimmy. Jimmy, the hands don't drop catches, so I yeah. went down for it anyway, and then uh, yeah, whiplash hurt myself actually. and ended up in a muddy puddle. Well, I tell you what, the only time I got whiplash, and this is no word of a lie, I used to work crazy hours when I was a kid. Like, I was in school, but I always had these aspirations about being a millionaire when I'm 30. It didn't happen. But anyway, back then, I was working, like, I go to school, right, from nine till whatever. What, what, when do you, what time do you go to school? Till four, half four, or whatever? Nine half to four. Three. Well, I was in, I was definitely into four, I think. But nine I, till half three. Oh, he's got off easy. No wonder the education system was crumbling to its knees over there. Yeah, and you're all voting Brexit. I don't want to talk about it. But listen, I was um, 9 to 4 it was. I was in school and I worked in a factory from 5 to 10. This was during my, like, uh, you know, you already sounds, do your exam year. Huh? It sounds like the crappiest follow-up to uh, working 9 to 5 that I've ever heard of. I know, yeah. I should add lyrics Doing to Doing school 9 till half 4. On a <laughs> Make a living in a factory. So uh, I work, worked... No, not really. I worked in a, I worked in because uh, my dad was a production manager in a factory, so I worked in a factory from five till ten, Monday to hardest, Thursday. Hardest game in the world. That part I did. I tell you, serious manual labour, right? Because they made production gas management. rate. Yeah, well, gas rate. Hey, come on now, 
Come on, it's about the poor staff that you abuse. All right, I've been on the abuse now because my dad wasn't easy on me. You know what I mean? I love the I love the guy to bits, but he wasn't so he easy. Shouldn't be. You have to earn it. You have to earn it. Oh yeah, and I did right, but come here to me. So I was working five to ten Monday to Thursday, five to eight in the factory after school over Friday. Then I'd go straight from the factory to a bar. So I'd work in the bar Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, and then I'd work Sunday mornings in a bookshop. So I had no time off. I was literally working every day that God sent me. I was falling asleep in school. But I remember I was so knackered after doing this for like, what was it, like nine, ten months. I was in the shower and I fell asleep standing up and I was falling towards the ceramic and sort of, you know, just woke up sort of mid-fall and whipped my head back and sort of just caught myself before I fall. <laughs> my neck was killing me for ages. That was the turning and point for me. that's how you got whiplash. So I got whiplash. In the shower. So you you yeah. fell asleep because you were a bit tired. <laughs> a bit tired. Look, I was working. That was child labour uh, things. Um, anyway. anyway, There let's... are far cooler ways to get whiplash. Should we talk back? Uh, we probably should. Oh, God, what a game. What a game, Ryan. Do you know what? I said it to you last night because we were up till silly hours again. Just chat. I chat to me and Ryan chat more than we talk to our girlfriends. Our girlfriends have this, well, wives now for you. Have running jokes that, uh, you know, we're canoodling, which is a bit hard over the Atlantic. So, or over over the Atlantic. See, what the f- is what is wrong with me? Over the Irish Sea. Is it not the Irish Sea? It's definitely the it, Irish why Sea. Is it, why is it your sea and not not the English Sea? I know we got the channel. Yeah. But why does that get called the Irish Sea? I don't know. Yeah, especially since you've ruined it with Sellafield. There's like seven-eyed fish. When you go into the, go into the water and they come out with seven nickies. You know, that's radioactive water in the IRC. But anyway, uh, so we were texting, weren't we? And I was just saying, I have to keep looking at the score because it doesn't look like we dominated that well because we got off to such a slow start on the group account. Everyone was coming in going, I've got a really bad feeling about this. But Ryan, how many missed opportunities on the Giants side of things? And you have to wonder, don't you, if Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard had come down with those two drop passes in the end zone early on, would that have messed up our morale? Because the unique situation I thought was is we didn't really effectively have a run game until Kristen Michael come on later, but that was kind of him just taking the piss. We didn't really need him to do what he did. He ran aggressive and he was absolutely amazing. But we wouldn't have had that element at all, not that we do have a run game. So we're just going to throw the ball anyway. But what yeah. a very, very strange start. I think, I think um, to an extent, we were kind of lucky that they had the drops because, like you said, their first two scoring possessions ended up being both field goals when they could have both been touchdowns. Now, if their first two scoring possessions were there, that's with 14 nothing down at that point, and it's a completely different game. And probably the fans in the stadium will start getting on their back. You know, the the, the doubts about the defense, the confidence drops. So the fact that they had them drops was such a huge morale booster, I guess, to... to be in those field positions that we were in and for then Robbie Gould to have to settle for three points each time. But then the way in which we responded from that point forward and the way in which we turned it around. And for me, I think one of the, um, and I'm sure we're going to talk about the rest of it later, but the, that, that hail Mary pass at the end of the first half really probably mentally destroyed most of those giants players because you kind of almost see him looking around and you think, and they must be thinking to themselves, Aaron Rodgers, how do you stop this guy? I mean, for him to throw the amount of those styles of plays, I know, look, let's face it, generally speaking, a Hail Mary is to launch the ball as fast as you can and hopefully it comes down in the end zone to give anybody on your team a chance of it being caught, fumbled around and caught, whatever. 
but there must be more to it. Not so much, obviously, his placement, but where we've been critical of staff and especially special team staff sometimes this year. I was listening to Randall Cobb describe that play, and he said his his role on that play is to basically box out so his jumper can get high and, and, and catch the ball. But he ended up being squeezed out of that pack and ended up at the back and the ball came to him. Mm. Now, I didn't realise there was that much planning. Oh, yeah. In the, the, you know, somebody would be in there almost basketball style, boxing out, creating space for somebody else to come in and jump. You know, so props to Aaron Rodgers for making the throw. Props to Cobb for getting in the position he did and, and, and how, holding on to it. But let's let's just stop a second to go. Actually, the special teams staffing unit must be doing something real, really good for us to have this amount of Hail Mary passes come down and be successful. And I think that was the biggest key to destroying the morale of the Giants and for us to go on and, and perform as we did in the rest of the game. Yeah, it's treated him within the last year. Aaron Rodgers has done perfectly. And of course, uh, the, you know, Skip Bayless comes out and says, oh, he's the luckiest, blah, 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 blah whatever. But th- to be honest with you, and, I, you know, I don't really take, um, I don't take offence by what some pundits have to say, especially when it's Skip Bayless. Because if a dog comes up and bites you, you can't get all emotional over like, oh, maybe he doesn't like me. It's a dog, okay? It just bites you because it's a dog. And it's the same with Skip Bayless. He has his function. But the interesting part that sort of tickled me was, right, Randall Cobb looked like he got boxed out and came down with the pass. Now, there was a whisper of uh, offensive pass interference. Absolutely did he push off. Of course he did, but it didn't get seen and it doesn't get called in the likes of the Hail Mary play. Yeah, and the commentators backed that up, didn't they, on the night? They, they, they pretty much said, you know, you will not get that call. No. And I've seen a number of people again today saying that you just will not get that call on a Hail Mary play. And to be fair, if they everyone can see where that ball's coming. You've got eight, nine, ten guys trying to jostle for position. Are you then seriously, are you then going to ask them to go, oh, but Randall pushed off a little bit just before he caught the ball? Yeah. Come on. There's exactly. nine or ten huge guys in there all shoving each other to try and get to that ball. Yeah, but that's the thing. And I mean, if you're going to get shoved off the ball and the other person catches it, well, then kudos. Because you had the chance to do it yourself. You also were not going to get called if he did it, but he didn't. And in fact, the player that he pushed was facing him. So it's not as if he pushed someone in the back. It looked like he pushed him in his chest to get away from him. So that's just man against man. But what I will say is, and this is what kind of tickled me about it was, is that if you remember the play that we had, if you remember, I don't know if you will, the play that we had against the Lions, right? Uh, when Richard Rogers pulled that down, they criticised Devontae Adams uh, for getting boxed out in the end zone. They said he got boxed out. And that's exactly, you know, the Lions did to Devontae what they looked to have done to Cobb, but Cobb came down with it because he pushed off. But just talking about the you know the morale booster and what what would have killed the Giants I Ryan I didn't know how we came back and again we spoke to Mike Spofford on the last podcast and he had there was an article on Packers.com called Resiliency you know about how it's strength of mentality about the whole thing because not only um, did the Giants drop two passes and people might say oh that was a real sort of you know that really busted them in the balls to do that but not really because they had two passes in their hands they were sort of thinking well if we can do it now we can do it at any time and you don't expect Odell to make many of those mistakes you know starting Shepard probably not either I'd sort of rate him almost up around Odell Odell has that X factor in the cool hair but I think Sterling Shepard is a fantastic player not only that, but we were in field goal range twice. And twice did we make a balls of it. One, Aaron Rodgers got sacked, which pushed us out, so we had to punt. That was one time. And then the second time was where we were within distance. And instead of A-Rod ground on the ball beside one of his players, 
it's like and I said it to you last night and there's some stuff you can't put on the group account because it just won't go down well it was almost like A-Rod did it and like that, he, look he didn't he wouldn't cost his team points but it was almost as obvious that he threw it there as if to say look at the amount of goddamn open space that not one of us ran into you all went over to the right side of the field and not one of us went to the left so there you go there's the ball over there buddy and the only way to really highlight it is is to get that penalty and push himself out now I don't think Aaron Rodgers would do it but I think it was fitting and almost seemed that right how the hell did we come back because as well as that let's talk about the first touchdown then I mean Devontae Adams because they focused on him on the replay he wasn't open not once was he open ran into the end zone stood there did a little like uh and then ran around a bit stopped more uh and then ran off to the right it's ridiculous I think one of my favourite things about this those that say no you know Randall Cobb pushed off Mm. watch this play because as Devontae Adams uh, reverses his route and comes back to the to the out yeah um as he runs past his defender, his defender's got his hands all over him. He oh, has yeah. to fight and get past him to get past. So, look, I mean, that that that's not the main point, but I just wanted to bring that up to sort of context. Stuff like that happens all the time, okay? That's what I'm trying to say. We just sometimes it goes for you and sometimes it doesn't, right? But if you look at um, it's the time in the – I want to say in the pocket, but he kind of he's in and out and he's back in again. and then, But that that was unbelievable. And I thought the O-line was exceptional the other night. And yes, there were the sacks. But, you know, to ask an O-line to protect their quarterback for, I think one play I counted nearly nine seconds of protection in the pocket. And he just stood there all day long. And then he finally gets the ball out to Geordie. So there will be sacks in there because basically you can't hold all day, can you? You can't, you can't sorry, hold off. I shouldn't say hold because that's a penalty. Um, <laughs> but you can't essentially block for your quarterback all day long. Um but I thought they were exceptional. And then, like I say, for Adams to fight his way past uh, but possible defensive pass interference or defensive uh, holding and then to get out there and make the catch that he did, I, that was just an unbelievable play and uh, a really nice-looking touchdown. And you could see as well, it really ignited the fans because you, where it was in that corner, you could see the fans and the place erupted. Yeah, because, Ryan, the, the interesting thing about it is is that you might not be open, but Aaron Rodgers is throwing his receivers open. He's kind of like, all right, you're not in the right spot, but I'll, I'll get you there. You know, like the, the, how often we saw that play with Randall Cobb last night where, um, you know, he cut into the inside and just ran ran into the end zone pretty much untouched. We, like him, I don't really remember, to be honest with you, seeing that a lot this season with the Packers. I There was that beautiful one that Jordy Nelson did. Who was it against? The Vikings or the Bears? Uh two seasons ago was the really obvious one where he cut off down the sideline and then you know did a post route and it just it was like a 60 or 70 yard play or something Mm -hmm. but they're so beautiful and they get shown so much because that doesn't happen a whole lot because they tend to have our receivers numbers and Aaron Rodgers just tends to throw you open um but Jesus Randall Cobb what a day what an absolute day from that dude Randall Cobb yeah I've got it down here written down Cobb back with a bang that would be my uh that would be my newspaper yeah headline um, but it was. Uh, and some people were starting to say, you know, is Devontae ahead of him? Well, I think he probably is. But then people were saying, would we be better off using Allison? Is Allison now in front of him on the depth chart? Well, if Cobb heard those people talking, he came back and proved a point last night. And Rogers, I think, in one of his press conferences said that the Packers are a better team for having Randall Cobb on the field or for having number 18 on the field. Can't remember the exact name, but it was that, uh, the, the exact thing he said, but it was along those lines. And last night, 
especially as well when Nelson went out of the game. If you remember last season when Nelson wasn't on the roster because he was injured, suddenly some of the other players, including Randall Cobb, suddenly found it hard to get uh, get free and get open for the, But But last night, the Packers receivers, like you say, a lot of time for them to get open because of the good protection from the line. And Aaron Rodgers was on such form that he was, like you said, again, throwing his throwing his receivers open. So, but last night, I mean, Randall Cobb really was one of the difference makers in that game. Um, and the slant, uh, the touchdown where he, he sort of went on the 45 slant, he puts a little move on the defensive back and just like you say, strolls in or sort of high steps into the end zone. Mm. It was just a thing of beauty and such a simple route that at one point this season, we were going, where are those routes? Where are those really simple, effective routes? And last night it was there. Um, but it looked really good. And I think, okay, Jordy Nelson, they've come out and said that he's not ruled out. Mike McCarthy said this in his uh, post-game press conference. He's not ruled out next week, but he does have a rib injury. Well, Obviously, that doesn't tell us a lot, and I think we're all pretty aware that he's probably got some sore ribs. Um, but yeah, crucially, not ruled out next week. Um, but certainly, if he is limited on playing time, we're going to need to see another big show out of Randall Cobb, and probably going to see increased playing time for your man Geronimo Allison. Your boy, but yeah, definitely. Do you know what, I, Jordy Nelson. Mark my words, and let's just hope the old Dallas Cowboys aren't listening because we know Ezekiel Elliott is a big fan of the podcast. All right, Zeke. So I reckon Jordy Nelson is definitely out, but what they're doing is, is like good coaches, you come out and say, no, he's not out. He's definitely not out. Of course he's out, but they just want you to, you know, spend some time scheming for him. But this is the factor difference for me. And we talked about it on the podcast last week uh, when Packers Unscripted Podcast met at UK Packers Podcast is that Jared Cook has a massive influence in this game. He, you know, he will drag defenders all over with him. He'll get he'll get double teamed, which means that he'll, he'll get attention. So when you have a player like Jordy Nelson and Jared Cook on the field at the same time, it's a very dangerous combo. Devontae Adams now is playing fantastic. Um, and then, of course, to have Randall Cobb back. You see, the whole discussion about Randall Cobb versus Devontae versus Geronimo Allison was because Jordy Nelson strangely enough was one of the most effective slot receivers in the game this season the amount of plays that he ran from the slot and I think Aaron Rodgers um, quarterback rating when he was throwing at him in the slot was like 150 something 152 or 153 which is silly so you had Nelson taking up the slot you had Devontae being the sort of you know the the, the go route guy uh, going up the side and then of course you have Jerome Allison who has plenty of legs as well and uh, then you, you know do you need Randall Cobb back do you need to rush him back to get him into the slot no not really but now that he is back I mean how effective is he you have Jared Cook I mean Aaron Rodgers was placing the ball in some places that you know only Jared Cook can get it and even then I didn't even think he could get them there was one point especially at the start of the game Ryan where we had because they mentioned that on the on the stats and sort of the, the X Factor thing to look out for was the Giants field position their punter had punted up to 90 something times before he came into that game whereas Strum for Shum did it for what 50-60 punts in that season you know so this yep. guy had a lot of experience and he was good at pinning them back and that's exactly what he did do but Aaron Rodgers made one of those throws to Cook in between two Giants defenders but 
doesn't it bode well, and I know we don't want to get into the whole Cowboys thing, but doesn't it bode really well for us that we took one of the best defences in the league this season? They were 32nd last season and one of the best. They were first and second in most categories and we absolutely smashed them when it looked like our morale should have been completely destroyed way early on. Yeah, and I think um, what they now ranked, is it, is it the second best defence in the league yeah. behind the Texans? Is that mm. right? And and we just laid thirty eight points on them. I mean, that's not. We, I think we made our predictions last week, didn't we? And I said it was going to be a close one, I believe. I'm trying to remember back now, but I think we said it was going to be a close one. And um, so the fact that we dropped thirty eight points on what is supposedly the second best defense in the league tells you one very very important thing, and that's that the Packers' offense is absolutely on point at this at this time. Aaron Rodgers is so tuned in, he looks unplayable for any defense. And yes, Dallas have got a decent D, I guess, but we essentially will have them by the balls. <laughs> I have to say to any of the listeners right now, Steve Steve is not taking this very seriously. I, I'm very professional. So he's obviously all very excited, and it's just getting too much for him, and he's making rude signs, <laughs> trying to put me off while I'm talking to everybody. UK Packers HQ. I mean, I know we give this air of, uh, you know, professionalism. Professionalism. And yeah. it, is, it is there most of the time, unless, you know, Ryan's arriving late with a beer. But apart from that, I mean, I mean, we're on point. On point. Look at that. What are you drinking today, buddy? Go on. What's that? Copperberg pear? Copperberg strawberry and lime. Stra- no, come on. It's a lovely little drop. Somebody come left on. it here at Christmas, so I'm just polishing them off. Oh, yeah, right, like. Do you know yeah. what, like, and uh, does he like when you polish him off? The thing is, Ryan, that you're, what you're doing is, is you've went from Budweiser or whatever you were drinking to something German, which is fairly heavy, and I thought, respect. And then you went to what, Coors Light? You're getting to the light beers, and now you're on Copperberg, Strawberry, Lime, and... and what? Yeah, but variety is the key to life, isn't it? Yeah, but next you'll be drinking is Blue Wicked, and you'll be doing duck faces into the camera, man. What's going on? I was going to come up here with champagne, just, just because of the occasion. <laughs> But I thought it was probably a little bit over the top to open it up for just one glass and then let it go flat. Yeah. What were we talking about before we went completely off? You were talking. We were talking just... I tell you what, we were talking about Giants D, and basically I said the fact you laid thirty-eight points on them proves that we're absolutely on it and ready to go to Dallas. But whilst we're talking defense, let's look at our defense for a second because I was pretty impressed. And okay, yes, we said that there were some drops out there, but. Let's face it, guys, this is playoff football, and Eli Manning and his group of merry men have won Super Bowls before. It's a good football team. They're going to have opportunities. Okay, they didn't quite um, they didn't quite complete those catches or whatever, but a lot of the good work was done on our D, and especially up front. I mean, Mike Daniels last night, I've seen quite a few clips um, of him on Twitter and so on, short little videos of him being just an absolute machine up front and, and consuming sort of two offensive linemen um, and still getting through the line and causing havoc other players were doing it as well but Mike Daniels in particular was an absolute beast and I want to give a special shout out to one of my favorite named players on the team and that is Ladarius Gunter because this dude was covering what we're supposed to believe is one of the league's premier pass receivers yeah now I'm not that sold on him I think he's good I think he's flashy. I think uh, ESPN and Fox and everybody else um, love love him because it's a fantastic chance to get a highlight reel out. However, he is a very good receiver, but Ladarius Gunter last night completely shut him down. 
he had four receptions for just 28 yards. That's ridiculous. And his longest reception, yeah, and his longest reception was just 11 yards. Okay. Yes. Now, obviously, that could have been different had he not dropped, were not dropped the passes that he did. But all great receivers like myself will tell you that if you can get your hands to a ball, you can catch a ball. And he didn't manage to do that. But Ladarius Gunter was on top of it. Now that was helped again. Let's let's recognise again coaching here, uh, and and a game plan and strategy. Ladarius Gunter quite often had help over the top from a safety, or they double teamed um, OBJ at the line and so on, and they they did all these sorts of things to to put help in there. But there was also a large portion of the game where it was just simply Gunter versus OBJ, and Gunter came out on top. I mean, at a time when we need cornerbacks from anywhere you can find him this guy's stepping up at the right time but I love as well that uh, people are like oh you know Troy Aikman had such fantastic analysis on the game talking about the two deep safety looks I was thinking no I mean you know the, it was known that the Giants didn't really have a run game that, that was a fact um, you know the guy who I love that quote where uh, Jennings there, who was the running back number one said to Perkins uh, you know, you gotta envision being the starter, and uh, you gotta see it in your future, and then he becomes the number one. I mean, don't give somebody that fuel. Like, envision yourself taking my job, and uh, you can take my job. Like, idiot, right? So, so they're at running backs, they're not fool. So at running backs, they didn't have a whole lot to um to shout about. Their number one threat was going to be Odell Beckham. Um, it's it's a known fact that Eli likes to, to throw it around he's not the most mobile quarterback he's not going to be doing a lot of running around of course you're going to play two deep safeties because you're going to need help over the top for the likes of Odell Beckham Sterling Sharp Victor Cruz all these players I mean but what I do what I absolutely love and let's talk about him for a while he's been in the media and people have probably heard this but I just I just love retelling the stories because the odd time I'll say to myself Steve go to bed on time buddy but then someone on my damn timeline will retweet one of those Vine fighting accounts, right? And I'll go, alright, I'll see it. So you watch one and you're like, ah, I'll have a bit more of that. They're only seven seconds. So after about seven hours of seven second videos, you're seeing people getting slapped around. But the most fun ones are the ones where the guy's talking all types of trash before for about six of those seven seconds. And the last one is his head hitting the ground. Now, I don't particularly like seeing people getting the crap out of them, but I just love when someone starts, you know, shooting off them and jarring. The amount of things that these guys did to try you know antagonize us and all that type of thing number one was going down to miami florida to hang out with justin bieber and trey songs uh, i don't think that they realize maybe you know in their defense that perhaps half the cameras in the world are focused at justin bieber and trey songs at any one moment in time you know like it's ridiculous to think that it wouldn't cause a splash it's their day off and yeah they can do whatever they want to do with their day off with my day off i can go and you know carjack somebody and drive down the N11 in Wicklow and rob a, a toy store you know like you can do anything on your day off of course you can and you can go down to Miami with your jeans and your Timberland boots and hang about with Trey songs which tops off looking like a boy band but the thing is is you're in New York you're in a fishbowl it's going to be on the news and they're going to say that you don't give a shit and that's exactly what happened with Odell Beckham mm-hmm. Jr now if he had a stellar game 
He was well entitled to come out and talk all that types of trash and say, oh, see, I can do what I want. I can hang out with the big boys. If you want to take that risk, do it. It's the same when you're up against somebody. Like me and you, say, Ryan, we're to go up against each other in a snooker game or darts game. And I start talking all types of shit to you and going, oh, i got a trash. I'm going to wipe the floor with you. If I do that, well, then you have to lie down and take that like a man. If you go and trounce me, well, then it's up to you to raise the fact that I was a, you know, trash-talking little twerp and now you're going to hand it to me. And that's just the way it is so he there was that he had the cleats on that had the mice on the cleats because micey cheese you know he had itchy from itchy and scratchy if that's what the mouse is and mickey mouse on his cleats you know they were out and they were talking about the cold weather i'll i'll, I'll finish down in a second i always say that they were uh, they were uh, out you know there was all this talk in the media about the cold weather they weren't going to be able to handle it why receivers can't catch the ball as well that's why there's you know the run game is just leaned upon in these cold games and what does odell and the wide receivers do they go out onto Lambeau Field with their tops off, decide to Snapchat away, take pictures, take the piss. The thing is, if you're going to antagonize a team like that and you're going to get clobbered, you deserve to get clobbered. And the the crown and glory wasn't it, Ryan, is that he put his fist through a Lambeau Field wall, uh, you know, the plasterboard. And I mean, isn't it, isn't it hilarious the amount of memes that have come out off the back of that? I was going to say, he's now created memes for pretty much the whole off-season, hasn't he? Just oh, for yeah. that one hole. Yeah. Um, yeah. Guy's a plum, isn't he? Basically, it's as simple as that. And if there was somebody in any of the teams we played in, a teammate um, in any sport that acts that way and then cannot produce, somebody should have a word with him. And I hope somebody in the Giants organisation maybe does because he clearly thinks he's far more important or far better than he is. And And, and the reality is... He's just another receiver in the National Football League. And the problem is he goes on like he's already in the Hall of Fame. Some of his antics, I mean, people used to go at uh, Ocho Cinco, Chad Johnson, yeah. um, for some of his antics. But Chad Ocho Cinco would go out there week in, week out and, and and put it all out on the field. And nine times out of ten, he would, he would, you know, it would come off and he would do well. And yeah, okay, he talks a lot and, and so on and so on. You know, I think... Um, Richard Sherman's probably another one. Talks a hell of a lot, winds people up, but generally he produces, generally, okay? OBJ talks probably more than the pair of them, and uh, and I don't know. It, that Look, he's a great receiver, okay? He really is. But at the minute, his talking outweighs what he's producing, and that is a problem. Yeah, because he doesn't have the emotional maturity. What strikes me about the likes of an of an Ocho Cinco is is that he'd come out and he'd go, "Oh, child, please," you know, and he'd say all the stuff, and he he had all these elaborate touchdown celebrations, but it was always just taking the piss, you know. OBJ sort of takes himself seriously. Yeah, yeah, it was it was fun, and people found it funny. And he is a funny guy, and he's from a bad background, and he bet all the odds. You know, I've I've watched the football life of Ocho Cinco. He drives around a smart car for God's sake, like you say about Richard <laughs> Sherman. You know, he's a, he is a clever guy. Uh, he's a bit sensitive on Twitter, you know. Don't say I'm bad against him, or his PR team will block you. Uh, yeah, but we are blocked. <laughs> we are blocked. Uh, but generally, what and most of our followers are, but probably for a retweet and the stuff that we got blocked for. But you know, the thing about this is that you know he'll back it up with his play, and he's emotionally mature. And yes, he went on that rant, but that that was more of a man rant. OBJ seems like a petulant little child who didn't produce, and ultimately, that's where the great players play. They play on the bigger stages, they play in prime time and they play in the playoffs. That was his first time going there. And of course, Ben McAdoo had to come out after and say, you know, the boat thing had nothing to do with it. It had nothing to do with it. But at the same time, 
the problem with it is, and I know this is a Packers podcast, not about the, you know, not about the Giants, but just on this whole Giants issue, is they've created this monster. They parade him down to the end zones before games, and they throw balls to him, and he does his one-handed catches. He does his little touchdown dances. He fannies around with the top receiver on the other team. It was sickening to see him and Des Bryant with their, you know, Des Bryant and Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, branded clothing go up to each other in the end zone and show off each other's clothes to each other and start doing little dances and celebrations and throwing the ball to each other. You know, it's a bit sickening and to see that happen. But look, it's the Giants' fault. If you're going to parade him down, and march all your corporate cronies down to the end zone to sort of point at him, you know, like he's some type of traveling roadshow. Um, well, then so be it. If he decides to punch holes in walls and only come down with 28 yards and this guy's meant to be, uh, you know, an absolutely stellar uh, talent, well, then so be it. But one thing that really struck me, uh, Ryan, about this, and I don't know how you felt about it was, is that, they, you know, Aaron Rodgers looked genuinely happy after the game. And also, he put an awful lot of the blame on himself, didn't he? He said that, you know, he didn't play well. His timing was off at the start of the game. Now, I have not criticized him, but I've had kind of stepped up and said, you know, sometimes I don't like his attitude sometimes in in press conferences. But I thought he was I thought he was spot on with his attitude and I liked what he was saying. I don't believe it because I think he had an absolutely stellar game. I don't particularly think he was off. I think his wide receivers couldn't get open. And I think he just thought, you know what, feck it, I'm going to throw you open at the end of the game. Did you like seeing that from A-Rod? Do you think it was justified with him saying that he wasn't playing well at the start? It's, well, the thing is, it, no, I don't think it's all his fault. Let's put it that way. But I think, though, and certainly people questioned him at times this season, was he the leader that he had been in the past and the Green Bay Packers needed when times were tough? I wouldn't say I've ever questioned his leadership style because, for me, you can't see what that guy is just from the stuff we see in front of the cameras. Yeah. Okay? It's that, what does that guy do in the locker room? What does that guy do on the practice field? What does he do outside of the practice times where it's in the evenings with the players and, 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 and so on, you know? So it's, it's that stuff that shows you a leader. But coming out now, you know, you, you know what journalists are like. They, they're going to want to, even if everything's perfect, they will dig and dig and dig and dig and dig because they've got to find something that, that, will, that will be different to the next paper or the next blog or the next whatever. So he, all he's done is simply come out because there were a couple of issues there, but he's come out, he's taken on me, he said, yeah, it's on me. We made some changes. It got better. We won the game. And it's he's kind of addresses it before anybody tries to bring it up. Um, he's pretty clever in front of the media. He's very savvy. Um, he's you can tell he's an intelligent guy because in those in those um, press conferences he he runs them. Okay, he's not just he's not just the guy at the front. The guys are asking the questions on the floor, but essentially he's the guy that's going to run it. And he's the guy that's going to say something to either deflect the next question up or whatever. Just like any good quarterback, he's always a couple of moves ahead. So I think he just comes out, protects the people around him. At the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers will be going into that. He won't be that bothered. Yes, he'll watch film this week and see where he can improve. But at the end of the day, he's going to know in his head, he was absolutely on it. The offense was ticking and we just beat the second best defense in the league. Yeah, it was pretty special. And this is a defense who... It really struck me with the Jordy Nelson hit, play absolutely dirty. Because if you can talk about that Leon Hall hit for a second, I mean, it definitely looked to to me that he lowered the crown and went in on the ribs deliberately. There was no need for him to do it. And as well as that, for anyone who says, no, he was going in on the tackle, that's the second time he did it in that game. If you look at, go to NFL.com, hit the highlights and press play maybe about a minute and a half maybe into it Jordy Nelson catches a ball um, 
after again Aaron Rodgers has about 15 seconds to throw the ball uh, breaks out right yeah. and hits Jordy Nelson on the sideline that's Leon Hall who comes in and puts the crown of his helmet into his stomach so I mean that was the second time that he did it in that game maybe more that we didn't see so it just seemed like a dirty hit Ryan and I fully expect to see a, a big fine coming out now shortly for that guy well in theory by the rules that they've put in place to protect players yes that should be a fine mm. um, without a doubt that's on purpose like you said he did it twice in, in, in the same game He's done it on purpose. He's used that that as as a as a way of targeting a certain area to take a guy out of a game, and it's it's nothing but that. It's just targeting. Um, I don't know if he's come out and spoke about it since, but whatever he's got to say, I think everybody looks at that and knows that he did that on purpose. He's trying to hit the best receiver on the Packers, isn't he? And he's trying to take him out of the game, and that's as simple as it is. The like I said earlier, the good news about Jordy is he's not ruled out yet. And that comes from McCarthy himself. Um, just while we're quickly on injuries, I'll just slip this in. Blake Martinez and Ty Montgomery, uh, McCarthy said, should be good to go next week. Um, uh, Martinez should practice some this week, um, but they should be both be good to go in, in, in the game next week. Which is pretty amazing for Ty Montgomery because when he went off that injury, he looked creased. But they said he was walking around afterwards in the uh, locker room and some of the journalists went up to him and said, hey, how are you feeling? So yeah, Grant, so it's not a bother. And he caught that uh, absolutely unbelievable uh, pass. I think he got something like 17 yards on it or something after that. So, you know, did well. Uh, good to see him back. Blake Martinez, what a difference he's made this season. Great to have him back. But let, let me pass this over to you after I, I bring it in a bit and I just want to hear the delight in your voice because you were ecstatic about it yesterday Clay Matthews forced fumble explain mm-hmm. I mean how joyous uh, was that <laughs> from you know I like my defensive side of the ball oh yeah um, but I just I just love it because there's so much to it okay and Again, going back this season, some people say Clay Matthews is not the effective pass rusher that he, he, he once was. Now, whether you believe that or not, or whether defences have just doubled up on him, or I don't know. But the reason he stays in the game, and I think, I can't remember who came out and said it, but the reason he stays in the game is because he has the potential to make something happen. Proved last night. So not only does he come round and gets the, I, I, I guess we'll call it a strip sack, but uh, he's getting the sack. He obviously forces the fumble. The ball's bouncing around and, and everything comes to a stop. <laughs> and uh, I think it's, is it Paul Perkins that's just stood over the ball going to pick it up? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and, it's, and all of a sudden the commentator goes, says something, again, I'm, I'm, this isn't word for word, but essentially says something along the lines of, I think it's still live. Has there been a whistle? I don't, you know? Yeah. And, um, well, basically Clay Matthews doesn't hang around to ask any questions and just comes flying through. <laughs> Hits poor Mr. Perkins, uh, knocks him on his ass, and drops on the ball. And it was just brilliant because I think it's Joe Thomas and Julius Peppers are stood right next to it, and Julius he's Peppers, screaming yeah. at them. Yeah, he's screaming at them. When they do the replay, he does. He gets the uh, the sack and forces the fumble, and you can see him shouting and pointing, saying like, "Get on the ball!" Um, and obviously he's like, "Oh well, no one's listening," so he just runs over and barrels a guy over, and that that must be awesome to just line a guy up and hit them when they haven't got a clue. It just drops the uh, shoulder. Yeah. So good. I mean, that that for me, that was up there with the Hail Mary play, um, you know, with any of the, the touchdown catches, obviously. 
but if it's just pure excitement because I was absolutely buzzing when he did it. Oh, uh, the message yeah, coming in the phone play. from you when that happened was just like, that was your version of the Hail Mary. You were so happy. I could almost, the it saliva is. almost came through the phone. We just did drooling about how beautiful that was. But do you know what? You, you cannot train experience. You know, you need to get the experience. And that, that's what Clay brings. But on top of that, like, you're, like you rightly said, and again, just hit the highlights of that game. I watched them, honestly, on my lunch break today, watched it three times in a row. It's just so tasty. But you can see Julius Pepper is running over to get the ball trying to get around Parkins but it's almost like when uh, 50 quid falls on the ground you know and you see it in a busy street and you don't want to be too animated just in case someone else sees it but at the same time you want to get there and that's exactly what Julius Pepper does he goes over and he's kind of he's kind of politely trying to get around him and then just Clay comes over lines up the shoulder and just drills him onto his arse he goes and dives on the ball like a like a little kid in the fetal position absolutely class but do you know what? I, I think we've talked that to death, Rhino. Um, have you got anything else uh, popping off on the social media? I think we went out and asked people uh, about their celebrations, did we? We did, we did. But I just want to, again, prove something, uh, proves how right we are all the time. Go on. You notice that each week we keep talking about time of possessions, turnovers and penalties. So Indeed. just to highlight that again this week, wow, why it's so important, Green Bay, 32 minutes and 31 seconds, mm-hmm. as opposed to New York's 25 and 29. Um, does that even add up, right? Yeah, probably. I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't even add up right. I got that off of ESPN. But essentially, we had more possession. Um, turnovers, though. Obviously, we had none. New York had two. Mm-hmm. Um, we out-first down them 23-15. to 15. And in terms of penalties, not that either team really got penalised too much, but Green Bay only two penalties conceded uh, for just 20 yards which makes a massive change if, if you think about what we were like last week. But yeah, um, we went onto Twitter, Twitter because we love to interact with the with the fans. The Twitter Twitterati. Uh, and uh, we just simply said, we wanted to hear how you reacted last night. Did beer fly and did popcorn get thrown? And we had some great, <laughs> great comments back. Um, Tom Coles, the original party boy, oh, was yeah. straight in there. He reacted by booking flights to Dallas and has match tickets for the game this weekend. So there is going to be UK Packers representation in Dallas Stadium. I don't think it's called that anymore. Is it AT&T? AT&T. But the thing is, you know what? It sounds and spontaneous, but that probably took at least 47 minutes to do. <laughs> you know what I, mean? like- yeah. I don't think it was probably his initial reaction, but it's certainly the way he went. Um, <laughs> there was another guy that messaged us as well. He's not on this thread, so he must have just uh, messaged us directly. But there's another guy going as well. So that's going to be a couple of UK Packers guys going over to Dallas this weekend, uh, repping the UK fans or the UK and Irish fans. Sorry, I won't forget you. Um there is a video been sent in by uh, name is bouncing fontons a photons mm-hmm. at KS crew and uh, he's put a picture of his family in just just going mental um, or a video I should say which is quite amusing uh, Cassian who went to the Hippodrome casino remember we always say to everyone if you're in London you want to catch a game you go to the Hippodrome he said that he simply sat there trying not to gloat as the Giants fans all got up and left. <laughs> oh, gloat, gloat. I mean, if, you know, o- OBJ say, and team, come on, man. I'd be like that, straight, straight in the face. <laughs> so, um, Ryan knocks the balls out of his, out of his microphone. Yeah, but, did um, you hear that? Did, that, did, that just, did, you, did I just bang you in the ears? I just banged me in the ears. But uh, bang him in a tight spot. But yeah, does uh, Stuart book tickets, as he said? Uh, so we've got... Uh, yeah. We've got with that guy that going on. London's first at CFC Boog says I woke my wife and daughter up 
after the first TD and then woke the wife up, wife up again after the Hail Mary. You see, listen, any listeners out there, do you fall into that trap to go to your partner who doesn't care, doesn't give a rashers about the Packers and start explaining how good the play was? Well, I think we've all seen that glazed over look, haven't we, Ryan? Like, but no, seriously, because Randall Cobb, right, he was boxed out and then what happened? You know, and you're trying to make it interesting. You probably add in something like, and then she got cheated on, you know, just to make it interesting because... You know, some people like those sort of stories. <laughs> uh, Barra Heist says he scared the shite out of his uh, missus when he jumped up out of his seat for the Hail Mary catch. Everyone keeps focusing on the Hail Mary. It's a bit biased. No one likes your real tough, stiff D, right? I know. I know. I know. It's, it's always been the way. Um, Sean McGrinder, uh, he, I like this one. He woke up his neighbour's kids. That's how nuts <laughs> even. Um, it's very specific. I mean, did he go Amanda, over into the room and say, listen, lads, wake up? I mean, that, that's very specific now. I would like to think that what he did, it was so great, he had no one to shout about it to. So what he did was he went down, went next door, knocked on the door, patiently waited, and then just run straight up the stairs and just started shouting, go, Pat, go. Oh, whatever, yeah. That's how you do it. But I imagine he'd probably be in prison and not able to tweet us, but whatever. Uh, Jackie Steed, a good old Irishman, he's got uh, Balja Haklia there. He's got the the Dublin sign as he's... uh, as he's Avi, he says the God Squad neighbours complaining this morning. I apologised and told them I'd repent with a Hail Mary with hashtag Godgers. <laughs> now, can he explain, right? Is the God Squad neighbours, do you live actually next door to priests and nuns? And uh, is, there a, is there a monastery next door, uh, Jackie? Or what's going on, buddy? I mean, what's the story with that, pal? Yeah, I like it. There's one here. Amanda said she has to use her inhaler twice during the game because she got excited. Oh, yeah. That's when That's you start taking please, medication. Please, yeah. Please don't don't get that excited that we have to suddenly start rushing people to hospital. No. You know, enjoy the game responsibly. But, but I have I have had chest pain on like honestly chest pain on occasion about you know how bad oh, it is. That's that's exactly it. Like, but uh, yeah, I think does that wrap up our mentions then on 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 Twitter? I think so. I think so. I, I, I like. Um, I'll finish on Graham's one here. He's put. And you might have to bleep this one out. All right, bleep it out. Go on. I woke up my neighbours by shouting and yelling, f*** yes. <laughs> and then I had to explain to them why it wasn't anything dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You get a good reputation, you know? I don't know. Or maybe if you suck a bit of helium in and say it in a female's voice, it might work out. It's just that good. Yeah. But yeah. So Stuart, anyway, Stuart and Tom have a great time in Dallas. Make sure you're representing us. But um, I think that comes to an end. Now, we've mentioned our Super Bowl meetup. Uh, again, we'll mention it for two seconds and then we'll uh, we'll let it off. Uh, Super Bowl meetup, Bloomsbury Lanes, London, Super Bowl Sunday. We're going to be playing flag before that, which is always a good event. And um, then we're going to go to Bloomsbury Lanes, which is just a cracking event. So myself and Ryan are hosting that night. But um, from the two hosts tonight and today in the morning in the car if you're going to work on the podcast it's at NFL. myself give me a follow at UK Packers give the group a follow and from me out buddy <laughs> at Ryan Peacock NFL goodbye see you soon Des